All right, Team Tater Tots, welcome back. Today, we've got Charlie Tapper from Serial Trash, an incredible designer and a good friend of mine. Um, but today, we're going to talk specifically about how to name a new business, the revolution of offices in 2021, how he started his business, and the difficulty of getting good feedback from creative work. So, grab a marshmallow, pull up a log. It's story time. You got cues? Put them down below or drop me a line. Enjoy. Go for it, Charlie. Who are you? What do you do? Go. Uh, well, I'm a graphic designer, and when I sort of sell myself and, and, and who I am, I always start with I'm just a graphic designer because I kind of feel that graphic design encompasses absolutely everything to do with my personality. Um, and clients hire me for also a wide arrangement of, of uh, tasks, you know, from designing their brand, coming up with their brand strategy. But often I'm just like a shoulder to cry on for them. So um, I always want to work with clients who I like, and often I become friends with my clients. And I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea. Great idea. It's just kind of what happens. And so there's a tremendous sense of loyalty that I have with, uh, for my clients. Um, and I think that they really appreciate that. Um, so it's kind of difficult to, because I sometimes ask them, what, how do you, you know, what, because uh, I'm always looking for feedback from clients. I'm always like, well, how do you see me? And they're just like, I don't know. You're just the guy who can, who can do everything. You know, I don't need to worry about, um, you know, you've always got a guy for something. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're really, really helpful. Um, That's the best place to be. I feel like yeah. the world is trying to put you into a box and to be like, you're the designer or the photographer or the director or the producer, mm. but the truth is you're a one-stop shop, you know everybody, and they only have to make one phone call. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I read these like business books and they always go, you've got to specialize. You know, you've got to be like, I could be the graphic designer for cleaning companies, let's say, and then you, it's much easier to then market yourself and, you know, you, you do your elevator pitch and you just go, I just design logos for cleaning companies. And everyone goes, bam, you're the guy, you know, you're the go-to guy. And the idea being that you can then charge more money for it because you're the you're ultimate specialist and you can sort of fine-tune your craft. It doesn't work for me, though, um, because part of being a graphic designer, among other creative industries, is you're constantly meeting new clients and you're learning about their business. And that is absolutely fascinating. I think I would die if I worked for one company and just worked on their products. Or down one avenue. You turn into a one-trick pony, and if you're the graphic designer for cleaning companies, all your logos start to look the same, your deliveries all look the same, and you go... Uh, but it, you can then, you know, you can then um, you know, monetize that. You could come up with different ways to sort of uh, streamline everything, but it would be, I would then become Mr. It would just be, it would take, dominate my life and it would make me a much more restrictive designer and working the way I do with different sort of clients. Um, I mean, I love it. You know, I had a guy who installed windows for, um, sort of, uh, big corporate buildings. He puts, he puts on like a, a, a glaze on them to protect them from a bird poo, essentially. Um, and I spent two hours on the phone with him because he wanted some advice on, on his brand strategy. Um, and it was, you know, I learned more than I ever needed, th I thought I ever needed to know <laughs> about how big buildings protect themselves from bird shit. And so, I mean, that's fascinating. And I love that. And that's, that's what, that's why I call myself a graphic designer, because it just holds everything that I feel that I can provide for people. But it's also, I mean, it's, it's it's also my personality. Um, and I've often struggled with the idea that oh, I should call myself this or call myself that. But this just feels true to me. And uh, yeah, so that's how, that's how I describe myself. I think it's nice to be able to put yourself in that proverbial box, but not hold yourself to it. Mm, true. And, you know, listening and learning and figuring out other ways. And as a creative, following those streams of inspiration and being like, you know what, I think I can maybe implement that in my next piece of work, or I can bring this to the next client. And I think that as any creative, we're creative in what we do mm. and creative in our title. And photography is the same. It's like somebody goes, what do you do? My response is, well, what do you do? <laughs> well, that's actually... And once I know what you do, I'll then tailor what I do to suit what you do. I mean, because the truth yeah. is, I am very much like you. I'm a one-stop shop. But the easiest thing to do is say, I'm a photographer. Because people get it. 
They yeah. Go, okay, you take photos, great. Yeah, the, you, people often need click. I've, I've got a sort of a range of what you do. They need to know, okay, you do something in the creative industry by saying you're a photographer or graphic designer or any of the, or, you, know, you know, typographer or videographer. Um, but yeah, the smart thing is to then ask, what do you do? And then get them talking. Um, I mean, I'm, I do that all the time, though. So, um, you know, yesterday at, at uh, drop-off at school, there was some dad who I'd never actually spoken to who started talking to him, and he works at the British Library. Um, and he has, like, this cool job where he sort of... Tr he, they're sort of trying to monetize the gift shop and turn the gift shop into something really cool. Um, and that's, you know, that comes from me sort of pressing other people and seeing what they do. Because um, often asking someone, well, what do you do, is like considered taboo and it's boring and all these sorts of things. But I actually want to know. And most people have quite interesting jobs. Well, I think it, the taboo component is because typically work's not seen as something you're excited about. Work's something you go and do nine to five. <laughs> Whereas that is evolving and it's been changing for years. And in, I mean, I would work 24 hours a day if I had a fuel tank that would supply the ability to be able to do that because I love what I do and you get to solve problems and figure things out and I have a family and that's, you know, I got to spend time there and I got to sleep and I got to eat and those things. <clears throat> but I love what I do and I will sing at the top of rooftops about what I get up to because it's loads of fun. Whereas 20 years ago, you went and you did your job, you worked your tail off for 60 years in hopes that you're going to retire and then do the things that you want to do. But I do the things I want to do every single day. Do other people get mad at you because of that? Yeah. Yeah. Loads. <laughs> they ever just get, shut up, Justin. Uh, you, you like your job. Yes. I mean, I get And that. I struggled yeah. with that young, when I was younger. I was like, I'm doing the job of my dreams. Okay, maybe I should just not talk about it. Because then I'm that arrogant guy in the corner who just loves what I do and talks about what I get up to. And nobody else was doing that. So maybe I shouldn't either. But no, I'm definitely going to talk about it in hopes that maybe we can inspire somebody else that maybe the path they're on isn't the path they want to be. Mm, it's true. And maybe they'll shift. Or maybe somebody's on the right path and just hasn't, you know, doesn't want to show their excitement. You're like, no, no, show your excitement. If you do that for big buildings and you protect it from bird shit and you're excited about it, yes, like, <laughs> do it. That is you. Yes. I often found that in travel. So like I had loads of people in my life that didn't travel and I did. Yeah. And I would come back from a trip and I would talk about it and I would go blue in the face and they'd go, shut up, Justin. Like, great, you just did this really cool thing. And, for, and I struggled with it for a really long time to the point where I would stop talking about my travels mm. or what I, was, what I was working on. And then um, I had a blowout with these people. And one of them said, look, like you're adventurous. You want to travel all over the world. I want to be the local. I want to sit at the same bar stool every single day. I want to go to the same spot. I want to know everything about what's around every corner. I'm that guy. I'm the guy that you travel around the world with to find. I'm just so happy to be one of your friends in the neighborhood that you grew up in. And I'm like, I'm an asshole. No, but like, that I didn't see that. When I go when I'm yeah. searching for it everywhere else, but I wasn't seeing it in my own friendship group and in my own backyard. I was giving them grief for not wanting to be adventurous and not wanting to travel. But in truth, when I travel, I'm looking for those people. But yeah, that's, that's very, that's very um, profound. Because it's like, if someone came uh, and stopped me on the street and say, oh, where would you go? Where, where, where did locals go to eat? I'd have to take them to Sainsbury's because that's, <laughs> that's where I eat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, so that's very profound. So did, you, did your friend get, uh, did he tell you this in an, in an angry way? Uh, he was telling me this As in, in an angry way for a long time. I just wasn't hearing it. Okay. And then it was in a moment of, it, it was an epiphany where he said it for the 5,000th time in a different way. And it was like, okay. I'd like to sit at this I bar. I was completely wrong. <laughs> I was completely wrong, and I was trying to put you in my shoes, but what I should have done is left my shoes at the door and put yours on, because I needed to get your perspective on how you see me, not how I just see you. Yeah, that's true, because it's you, you want to be able to share what you've done, 
but you need to know how to say it to people who may not be as receptive. Which is exactly mm-hmm. what we do every single day. Graphic design, photography, yeah. filmmaking. The company does what they do and they're exceptionally good at it, right? But there's this barrier between them, their message, and how these individuals are going to hear it. Mm-hmm. So our job is to figure out how to build that bridge. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if I was to describe what I do to a five-year-old is I make it easier for people to understand information or I make it easier for people to ha- make informed choices. I feel like that is probably the best way to go about doing anything. Yeah. If you can break this down for a five-year-old, you're going to win. I mean, the, the, I once designed a very, it would be, I would consider it a, a, a dull piece of work, um, but I heard two guys, and this is for like a big bank, I heard two guys in the lift as I was going up to a meeting were discussing the very thing I had designed and they were saying, oh, this is so useful. Like I can now see all the, like, I think it was a, like the various funds that they were investing in. And like to hear someone say something about my design that made their life easier. I mean, I was really like, I was like, that was the, the greatest sort of compliment ever. Even though if I was to show everyone that piece of work, you just go, it's just fund fact sheet from a bank yeah and they go wah, wah. Uh, but i'd be yeah no you yeah you couldn't show it on a screen you'd be like oh charlie get over it but i'd be like yeah but someone i made someone's brief life in a bank somewhat easier um that's good but it, i didn't save the world yeah but you saved that person mm. time you mm. you excited that person about a particular thing in their industry that they what you know, they I, look at those sheets every single day it, and they looked at your sheet and they were like god man look at that oh Look at that typeface. Oh, yeah. No, they didn't do that. See, I think uh, to, to me, that's the corporate sellout component that I always talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, look, at the end of the day, yes. Does everybody want to be out creating like epic, you know, advertisements and commercials and all these things that like sell your dream as an artist? And you go, yeah, a yeah, lot sometimes, of people do. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, in the same token, you need to be able to deliver a service to anybody and make their life better, easier, mm-hmm. more efficient. And I feel like that's... You know, the corporate story isn't any less valuable than the creative story. No, I want to be good at my job. And, I, yeah, and you want to be good at your job. And most creators want to be good at their job. And it's actually very, very difficult to get feedback. Um, friends just, uh, you know, friends, it's usually their job just to give you a high five and just say you're awesome. You know, it's very rare that someone can give you constructive feedback um, on, all the, on all the skills that you need to be a creative from working with clients to working with suppliers, uh, working with friends, all these sorts of things. You know, it's really difficult to get feedback. I mean, how do you feel? Because you run a small business. Everything to do with my life has always been an opportunity. Um, So my mom once said about me, she said, you know, you may not plan like uh, uh, other people do, but you never let an opportunity skip you by. I mean, you just, if you see something, you grab it. Um, And so I've just been lucky and been in the right place. Um, I actually stumbled into graphic design. Um, I had been working as a as a, an editor for a textile company, writing their their manuals, and they just happened to need someone to design the manuals. And I just knew enough about it from university, uh, not, uh, just a little nugget of graphic design. So I just went, I'll do it. And then I loved it. And then from there, I just got job after job in graphic design and kept working my way up learning from people I worked with, did some school uh, courses at night. And the biggest opportunity that came is I was working at a studio, loved the, loved the team, but everyone left the team. And so after a short while, I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Um, and someone who had left the team sort of went, oh, Charlie, I've got tons of work. Do, do you want some of it? And so I immediately quit, took on that work, and so I started a business uh, just doing, at this point, it was just graphic design. And I had such an affinity for it. And it sort of, I realized how much I enjoyed working with clients and working in a studio. You were often kept from clients. And I realized how, um, you know, I, I'm friendly. And, you know, I enjoy uh, listening to my clients and listening to the things that, they, that concerns their business. And I wanted to help them succeed. I just generally had that attitude. I never had the clients a wrong attitude or clients are bad or which you often get in studios because it just, you know, drives you insane because they want changes at midnight and things like that. And I was like, fine, you want changes at midnight? You got changes at midnight, you know? It was sort of yeah, it's a good way to be. Flip, flipping the thing because that's, you know, 
Creatives often talk about trying to discipline clients into working into their process. And there is an element where they kind of have to a little bit. But also, you're also there to service them. And it's, you know, they have needs and they have crisis. They're clients are people. So I think that's how I approached um, the start of my business, as in to treat clients as people. Um, and because I had all these contacts from having worked in the studios, they had all left and they started their own businesses or worked at other, other places. So through referrals, I just kept getting more and more business. Um, and now I'm, I've been doing this for over a decade um, and, you know, survived, I think, what, two recessions and, you know, I'm still going strong. Um, and because I, I was sort of, you know, master of my own uh, destiny at that stage, it allowed me to break into other um, fields. So, you know, I, I do more illustration, photography. I hire people who are, the, you know, who are the best at photography and video, such as yourself. Um, oh, stop it. I know. Um, <laughs> and but, and just you know, you just start working. You just start building this network of other creatives, and it just sort of makes you sort of a a better service and a better offering for people. Um, and you know, I do uh, uh, brand design, st brand strategy. Um, you know, your, your general uh, bread and butter graphic design work. I do copywriting. Um, web design, that, these sorts of, these are the sort of things I, I do, but because I'm small and the, the, and the type of uh, relationships I encourage with clients, I often do like a lot of the help them with the problem solving, as in what are we going to do next? How are we going to communicate this? And that's really where, um, to go back to the thing about pigeonholing yourself, I've worked with a lot of other graphic designers who just go, I'm not touching that. I'm not talking, you know, I'm not talking strategy. I'm not going to try writing anything. Just give me, you know, just give me the website and I'll design it for you. And so I'm not doing that. I'm like, yep, whatever your problem is, let's figure it out. Yeah, um, well, that goes back to the thing that you're talking about, about opportunity. Yeah. And two reasons why I think that you have been so successful is really, really simple. It is opportunity. Mm -hmm. You don't let them pass. Mm -hmm. And people. And those two ingredients in business... If you, if you manage those, you will be successful. Because if you don't let in any of those job opportunities go, like, oh, we're looking for somebody to do something like this. Oh, I can help you. Mm -hmm. I, I got a guy. I know somebody. And then you go, if you treat them as people and you listen and you care, then you're going to go further. As opposed to the other people that are like, no, nah, no, nah, you're a business. You're a line item. It's like, great. You yeah, provide this much profit. I'm not really going to listen to you because you're a small client. You go, no, no, no. You're all important. You're all people. And it's like you build relationships, mm -hmm. as you say. And as you build relationships, you build trust, and then they talk about you. So it's just it's this beautiful cycle. Yeah. And for some people, it's, an, it's a lot of effort. Like they have to work really hard because they just don't give a sugar plum. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> yeah, I guess because it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to understand people who don't because I'm not, by any stretch of the imagination, an extrovert, but I'm very, I, I, I consider myself an introvert, but I'm very interested in people and listening to the story. So I find it hard for, for people who either can't be bothered or are shy or some of these, these other sort of attributes where they're, they're sort of a bit more withdrawn. I, I, I do struggle as to why you wouldn't want to have a relationship with um, some of these clients, but that's, I think that's just a personality thing. I think it's a combo. Yeah. It's a combination of it's a personality thing, and probably when they started work somewhere, they weren't allowed to. Oh yeah. So they were sheltered, yeah. and it's you know in in certain businesses you have front of house, you have back of house. Mm -hmm. You don't let back of house come up front. No, they have hairy knuckles and you know humpbacks, <clears throat> oh, no. and they'll just. <laughs> but the, but the truth is, the only way they're going to learn is if they come to the front of the house, mm -hmm. so they can actually understand the clients. And I I work with a bunch of companies where there's a bunch of people on front line. And then a bunch of people in the back. The bun that bunch of people in the back don't necessarily know what happens up front. Mm. And they have to. Because if they know what happens up front, they're going to do better in the back office. They're yeah. going to be able to deliver things in a different way, which make it more unique, better serviced. And it, it baffles my mind how you don't get those people involved. Yeah, because you more often in like bigger companies that have like sales reps, um, the sales reps often get a really bad reputation, especially like in the in the sort of like in the in the back back end of the business, because they just seem as people who are flitting about, not really working. 
Um, and there's an element of, of truth in that, but they're, they have a skill set that is so important into companies that it's quite good for people who work in the, in the sort of the back end of a company to understand the work that they're doing because they're the ones who are making connections. They're, you know, they're constantly having to stay really positive and constantly build their networks for whatever it is, you know, that, you know, this is in a ad agency or, or like a communication agency, you know, these guys are having to make relationships. Um, and they may not work as many hours or as long or as intense as graphic designers or those sort of industries, but graphic design, photography, you work long hours, you know, um, and that's it. I mean, it's what you signed up for. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would gladly work 12 hours a day if, or 14 hours a day if I could, because that's what is, what is needed. If you want, to, if you don't want to work that long, do not do, do not enter into the creative industries. They're long hour days and that's it. Um, and so people yeah. shouldn't, you shouldn't, um, it's easy for me to say, I suppose, but you shouldn't be too resentful of people who have nine to five jobs because that's what they signed up for. It's easy to knock the nine to five, mm. but you look at nine to five and you look at those hours and you go, whew, if I work nine to five, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I'd love it. But. You know, but when you own your own business and you're doing this sort of thing, it does not stop. It, it is all day. Mm. It is when the phone rings at 9 p.m., you put the kids down, you got to take that call. Mm -hmm. If it rings early, which we're in a great situation because when you become friends, you can make phone calls before 10 a.m. It's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and therefore, I, I trick you into having friend conversation. But then we talk about business. <laughs> you know, it, the 9 to 5 thing, great. You can, you can pick on it, but, you know, there's stability there. Mm. You know, you get a paycheck. And, and there are days when I wish I got a paycheck. But that's not the case. I've got to hustle for every single paycheck that comes in, as opposed to being the employee that just gets the salary. And I've been in that position because mm -hmm. when I started my company, it was like, I just couldn't do this anymore. And I had to go because it just wasn't fueling my soul in the way that I wanted to be and how I wanted to operate. And I had to go and I had to go start my own business. But some people are cool with that. Very much like the local and the guy yeah. who always wants to travel. It's like there's just two sides of the coin, and if you don't have both sides, it doesn't work. And the one character that I think does it extremely well is Lewis Hamilton. It's like he gets all the fame, all the glory, because he's the driver. Yeah. But what he does exceptionally well is he gives credit where credit is due. He's great. But if he didn't have that car running the way that that car runs, and he didn't have a car to drive... Well, he probably wouldn't cross the finish line. Exactly. And it's all the people that work on that car. It's all the engineers that make it happen. And he highlights them. And you just go, that's exactly what somebody in your position should do. You know, you appreciate the people that are around you that kind of got you to this point. And he, he just does a magnificent job. And I feel like every day that I go into work, I want to do the same thing with the people around me. Because I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have support. Mm. And... And in the, in the nature of collaboration, I feel like uh, it's reaching out to those characters. I'm segueing now poorly, but <laughs> the, the idea of collaborating with other people is they can fill those gaps. Yeah. Like you're the one man band. You, yeah. You know, loads of people, um, fill in those gaps and make you look better than you are. And then you can also use their talents to bring, bring to your clients and actually yeah. deliver a better product. So. Um, that was a really roundabout way of getting to running the business, building contacts, having relationships, caring for people mm -hmm. is just genuinely better. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it works. Uh, it works for me. We got there. Yeah. It took a while, but we, yeah. I, but it's also when you're in, when it's your baby and you get to choose what, you know, you get every day you wake up, you get to choose what you're going to do today within reason. I mean, you've got like client, um, uh, demands, but you do get to choose the, your direction, and that's very powerful for people. Um, you know, because you, you know, in a sense, you control your your destiny, and that is something like that's something that's really difficult to give up. Um, but it, but even that that thought, it's a mindset because mm. some people stand at that point and think it's crippling. You go, you wake up every morning, and you have the ability to go in any which direction you choose. And that's scary. You go, I could go the wrong, I could go left when I should go right. 
Like I, <laughs> I should be going the other way. Maybe that's not the right call. And if you are constantly in limbo about how in the world you're going to navigate this thing, that's scary for a lot of people. I, I so scary in which they don't it. do it. They don't want to do it. And you might even settle for something less than what you want. Yeah, I hadn't actually, I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't it's occurred It's interesting because yeah. you, you don't have that mindset. No, you no. are like, sweet, I get to like direct this shit, like to go, go yeah. where I want. And I feel like that a lot of small business owners have that same drive. Every morning, bootstraps and go, and it's exciting. Yeah, because um, the, the woman who does those uh, photo books for you, I mean, she's got that attitude as well. She's very excited. Are we allowed to mention her? Big up. Nicole. Nicole from Booked Images. Um, <laughs> she has that spirit where she she's excited about her business. She loves her business. I mean, you know, when she, she can talk about how passionate she is about her product. Um, and it's great to hear. It's great to hear that passion. My favorite quote is that energy is contagious. And when I get on the phone with people that have energy, that have enthusiasm for whatever the heck it is that they do, I just go, yeah, yes. Then it just it lights it lights the fire in me, and I'm like, all right, what am I passionate about? What am I excited about? And I want to do I want to go scream from the rooftops about what I do. So then hopefully that it can get somebody else excited about what mm. they do. And approaching every single day with that attitude, it's it's amazing how it changes things. Like I get on the phone with Nicole, she's talking about an idea, about a book, a thing, and I'm like, send me a sample, I want to see it. This looks amazing. It sounds amazing. Send it to me. So she sends it to me. I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm like, okay, well, what if we did something like this? And she's like, yeah, great. And then she goes yeah, and it, yeah, build, iteration. Build, build, and then yeah. that's, the, that's like mind mapping. It gets you excited, throwing ideas out, and then you just go in every which way, and you see which way it's going to take you. The joy is, is that those are our businesses, mm. and it's exciting. You know, even us collaborating on particular projects. I mean, when we first met, we were not collaborating. You were doing your thing. I was doing my thing. Yeah, that's true. And then over years, there's there became overlap. It was like, okay, I actually need a designer to do this thing. Well, Charlie can do it. I like, Charlie's great. I want to work with people I like. Charlie can do this. And then it was, okay, well, you've done a little bit. Okay, well, maybe you can do some more. And then we rope in more people. We rope in an illustrator. And we're like, oh, wow, this really ups our game. Yeah. So it's like we design this, but then maybe we can make it better. Who can we make it better with? Okay, well, this person, great. Bring them into the fold. And then slowly start to accumulate more and more people to do better work. And you go, yeah. And all of these people are excited about what they do. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah they really are. And who doesn't want to work yeah. with excited people? Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can, you can, we can credit you with the quote of energy is contagious then. Um, but it's true. I mean, you know, if, you, if, if everyone in your, in your company is all miserable... Um, Chances are you'll start getting miserable too. Off. Be careful of the company you keep. Wow, that's, that's very true. Um, if you're sitting next to a Debbie Downer, maybe <laughs> scoot they're, over a couple cubes. Unless they're funny, then <clears throat> everything's forgiven. Um, <laughs> okay, so we've got energy's contagious. Oh, yeah. Opportunities. Opportunities, people, relationships. One thing I wanted to talk to you about today was projects. Mm -hmm. There was a project that you and Paul Barshan worked on ages ago, and I loved it. 1153. 1151? Oh, 1151. 1151. Yeah. So I find passion projects really interesting because, A, I don't do them per se in the same way that I watch this thing unfold mm -hmm. for you. I'll do little side things while I travel, like I'll implement new ways of photographing or like have a project like the Polaroid project, mm -hmm. or mm. I'll do other little things in situ, but I've never blocked off the time to do it separately. So talk to me about your personal project, 1151. Go. Uh, okay, so 1151 was uh, a sort of photo story collaboration with a photographer, a friend of ours, Paul Barshon, uh, awesome photographer. Um, and in it, I would sort of, come up with a rough idea and then write a short story. And they were usually quite dark in content, uh, a little bit twisted. And Paul and I would thrash out a couple of ideas until we were sort of happy with the concept. And then we'd, we'd stage quite an elaborate photograph based on these dark short stories. So they might sort of involve um, one is sort of 
most likely a serial killer, and that's a, a story in, it told in three photographs. Uh, another was a sort of debauched bar scene. Um, and they're really, really cool images. Um, and it, I suppose Paul and I wanted to work on something together, and we wanted to work on something that wasn't based on what clients, uh, on, on client work. And so really it was just something to do that was fun and sort of bring people together. Um, and it was also just, to, you know, to work on a project. I mean, I have an itch, a, sort of a creative itch where I need to do something that isn't client-based every so often. Um, to I, remind yourself that you have creativity beyond a project brief? It's just that I like making, like recently I've been taken to doing, making collages. So there's a project we worked together where I had created collages. I've now taken all those collages and redone them um, so that they have more of a, a less of a sort of client stamp on them. Simply because I just want to, I want to see these images. Um, and uh, it's, it's just something, I've always been that way. I've always uh, written stories or created, done illustrations just, just for the hell of it. And I think a lot of people do do that uh, on their spare time. I don't really have a goal in mind either, and that's quite nice. That, um, because otherwise everything in your, in your life can be a bit, feel a little bit uh, regimented. Um, but it's, it's kind of just so, ah, I'm just gonna, oh, that's an interesting shape. I'm gonna save that shape and I'm gonna use it somewhere else and then I'll add something. And most of the collages are kind of insane looking anyway, um, which is, sort of amuses my sense of humor. I'm gonna pull you back to 11.51. Ah, 11.51. So first, I wanna, why is it 11.51? What happens at 11.51? Because uh, I thought that concept was brilliant. Okay, so uh, sorry, it's been a while since we worked on it. So. 11.51 was, this is when I used to work in the city of London, and I noticed that 11.51 was the time when you were out drinking on a Friday night, you had to leave the bar then to catch your train home, because a lot of the people in the city of London don't live in London, so they, they got to like schlep it out to the, to the burbs. And so 11.51 is where your brain makes this decision of, if I stay, I'm just going to like, it's just going to get debauched and I'm going to get wrecked. So and, if you're going to go, like, if you just go and out, You'd maybe like leave at eleven fifty. Yeah, you leave. But if you're going to go out, 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 and it's that moment in your brain where you you you've made that decision. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen next, and so that was the name of of the the project, and that is uh, thanks for getting me back on track. Um, and that is and so the concept was images that are inspired by essentially the the devil side of your personality, and so it's like that split second, the devil and the angel are talking to each other, and the devil wins. And that's essentially what the project was about. I mean, over the years that we've been working together, I always put that in the back of my mind because I love the fact that, A, you did a personal project. But it's also how and what you communicate about when you're hanging out with friends or like, what have you been up to? You know, do you mention the spreadsheet or do you talk about 1151? Oh, 1151, yeah. And so this is where, as a creative, it's like, yes, your work is your work, but doing something else, whether it's a personal project or whether it's working with a nonprofit or whatever it is that you're up to when you're not working. It's like that tends to be the thing that you want to talk about. If somebody says, what are you up to? You don't talk about work. You talk about your project. Well, you, can, you can do, but yeah, I, mean, I see your point in that these sort of personal projects are sort of what drives your passion. Um, I think Noel Coward said something about like uh, he never realized that work was so fun. Um, and so I often see the personal projects and work as kind of the same thing. They're just me doing stuff. Um, and, but in terms of the projects like 1151, um, they are actually a little bit more special because they're, they're sort of like, let, there, there are no uh, constraints or barriers to the concept. Um, and that is quite rare. I also think it's you fueled it. Oh, yeah. And I think that yeah. there's, something, there's something that comes from that. It's one thing to get a brief and deliver a job. You know, you go, okay, great. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to pour a lot of passion and love and, and care into this thing. But it's a brief, and you yeah. get it, and you deliver it. Whereas the passion project is you got to rope people in. you got to get them enthusiastic about it, just like you are. You've got to bring people together and deliver something. Yeah, and I mean, it's... 
people should people should often do things that that sort of amuse them as well. So you know these these stories are ridiculous and crazy. You know so um, and it's fun to to make these things come to life um, and getting other people enthused and getting them on board. I mean. Asking someone, hey, do you want to, you know, do you want to be in a photo shoot or do you want to help out? I mean, most people go, yeah. I disagree. Yeah. Most people say no. No, <laughs> no. But if, if you go like, we're going to, we're going to like rent out a bar and then we're going to empty it. And then we're just going to get everyone looking really, really messed up. Um, and you all have to wear like red. Um, you know, people were like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, I suppose I'm coming from a place of like America where everybody's always in and everybody's Yes. Whereas when I moved to London, most people were like, nah, I'm busy. I got stuff to do. Yeah. Oh, it's in London. Oh, that's going to take me 30 minutes. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It, it is a harder. It is a, it's a harder <laughs> sell over yeah, here. No offense, London. I love you. Uh, no, I love but, London. But yeah, no, yeah, you're right. You do have to factor that in. Um, but you just, you just badger them a bit more, you know, if yeah. you, you want to do it. And there's, you know, there's, I don't know, 10 million people. Find, bound, you're bound to get five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's 10 million. You're going to get five. Yeah. Right. Um, and I guess in in the in the future, um, all of us should do more of these personal projects as a way of sort of getting over uh, the various lockdowns as well. You know, doing something that you're really passionate about. Yeah, I, the the yes component I always find interesting in the work that I do because I tend to gravitate towards yes people, mm -hmm. people that are just you don't even need to give me the details like I'm in, <laughs> you know, whatever you need me, I'm in, great. And it's like when I would go on road trips when I was in college, it's like there was a couple guys that I was like, I'm going on a road trip. They're like, yep, I'm in. I'm like, you don't even know where I'm going. It's I like, don't care. Does not matter. I'm in the car. And you go, that's, that's when I talk about work or I'm getting projects mm -hmm. on or I need a photographer or a filmmaker or anybody to work on a project. I want to go to those people because they're in no matter what. They were in when the money was good and they're in when there's no money. Yeah. And that's what I want. You know, and it is about the attitude that you bring on the day. And it's, you know, I could bring a photographer that's off the charts good at whatever they do, but if they don't work with the same energy, the same attitude that I do, I'm going to find it really difficult on the day. Mm. Because like you, the client is right. Because the client has brought us all together here today. Yeah. And so if they want to move it to two pixels, you move it two pixels. If they want that sort of photograph, you go, yes, of course, of course you can. And it's about making the, everybody feel good on the day. To me, I, I feel like my favorite job in the world is being a glorified runner. I want to get coffees so everybody's <laughs> super stoked. I want to run the production, shoot the behind the scenes photos, and then hire a photographer to do everything else or a filmmaker. Yeah, but that's smart as well because it's you like the and you're good at the interaction with people and you make people feel um, good about themselves. So in a way, it's quite a smart business idea. So no longer yeah. a photographer. I'm a runner slash BTS <laughs> photographer filmmaker. You're just the guy. You're just there. The guy. I want to be that guy. I want to be the Rubik's Cube guy, the one that just kind of like brings it all to the table. That's the goal. The idea of collaborating on various projects. One of the things we work on is photo books. And I think they're such a huge component of my life now mm. and what I do. And I couldn't do it without other people. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's one of the things when you started, you go, okay, I'm going to do it all myself. And you lay it out and you design it. And you're like, that just took me nine years. Yeah. Whereas now I can... I, I get to collaborate with you. I get to hand everything over, fully trust you to be able to do something. And then you send it back to me and we work together and make this thing yeah. happen. And then as we, we rope in more people, it gets better and better. Um, I think what I want to get out there to the rest of the creative world is you need to start communicating with other creatives. Yeah. Photographers, don't hang out with other photographers. Go meet some designers. Go meet some illustrators. Go meet people that do different stuff than you do so then when you guys come together you actually have different skill sets yeah yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's really important to like to sort of branch out and i, yeah. I don't yeah. hang out with photographers and it's I, I feel like i'm like a weird person i actually noticed that I, I didn't hang out with graphic designers and i've now 
got, uh, I'm working on a collaborative project with some graphic designers that I met uh, online and we're working on something together. And it's the first time I've worked with other graphic designers in such high intensity and I love it. But there are also, there's a lot of space between us. Um, but I found that it, it, they were kind of like a good, uh, you know, when you need to sort of complain about something that yes. no one else would, you should never tell anyone. Like, I'm not even going to say what I would complain about. It's so fundamentally boring. Um, but you can just go, oh, typefaces. You know, um, and they'll just... There's not many people you can say that to and get a good response. Yeah, and they'll just go, oh, yeah, Helvetica. Oh. And then you, you know, and I only need it for like two minutes a month, right? And, uh, you know, to, to unburden about something stupid. Um, but it affects my everyday. And so, yeah, so it, it's important. But your point about spending quality time with other creatives, yeah, it helps. It helps with your work, helps you meet people, um, uh, helps change, changes your approach to how you might work. Because, um, I mean, I'm always telling photographers, I'm like, you just don't have enough space around a photograph for me to put text. Um, yeah, but that wasn't the frame, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you, just, you can really learn a lot from each other. Well, that was actually when, when I started delivering for clients, that was actually one of the big tickets for me. It was, okay, I could deliver a photograph. Great. But now we're going nine by 16, 16 by nine. We're going yeah. headers on websites. We're now yeah. going like side ads. We're now doing all yeah. of these things. And you go, I need to think laterally on yeah. how to deliver what I deliver. So when I deliver something to a client, I am over delivering beyond belief they're like why have you given me so many photos and i'm like you'll need because them. i have shot for every eventuality that you might need that exact same frame yeah but you don't have it in a portrait and you don't have what you need in a portrait in a horizontal image so you go okay well we're, we're not glad we have to sift through it now but i go in two years you're going to be stoked you have that yeah but i wouldn't have known that unless i was working with graphic designers and web developers yeah. And you go, that's where we as photographers can grow if you build your network. And that goes for every area of any industry. Yeah. Talk to people. Talk to people around you. Yeah, because sometimes you don't want to because you'd be like, I'm so busy. I don't want to have this discussion. You always make me have the discussions, though, so I appreciate it, even when I don't want to. But the, You're welcome. Mm -hmm. The groveling and complaining about silly stuff I think is important, too. Mm. Because if you, you can't vent to your wife or your girlfriend or your kids about a thing, they don't, they don't care about Helvetica. They don't care about Helvetica, no. But you can maybe, yeah. you can call me and talk about Helvetica. <laughs> but I still won't understand. You'll just go, can you just I'll just go, up. can't you just talk to your like designer friends about yeah. this? I'm like, oh, they're not here. But I think it's important to have that bounce. Mm. And so that, that's a bounce in creativity. That's a bounce in business. That's also a bounce in like, Moaning. I mean, you need to moan every so yeah, often. Yeah, I mean, corporate people, you know, people who would like go through all these leadership schools and things like that, they they do all of this. You know, they get together and have these sort of uh, you know, networking events where they talk about things. You know, um, in a way, like creators could learn a lot from how corporate people interact with each other because they, they, you know, they, they constantly try to come up with different ways of uh, communicate and talk to each other and big each other up and things like that because that's part of the sort of uh, sort of the, the corporate journey to get, you know, promotion after promotion. So there is, yeah, so I've, I've learned a lot from corporate clients. Well, what do you think about this? Because obviously we, a lot of what we do is solo. Yeah. Right? So we, we've soloed, we've worked in offices or the mm -hmm. Royal Festival Hall, which is where we met. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, and, and we do it all by ourselves. So you're very much alone. And you're like, oh, man, it'd be kind of nice to go into an office and like be with other people. Mm. And then you get into the office and you're like, no, 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 no. I'm totally happy to be by myself. Mm. Um, but I feel like there's an evolution of that and a revolution of that happening right now in offices. Mm. Because people that have always worked in offices had to go home for the first time. And they couldn't work in an office. And I saw people crumbling. Yes. Yeah, like <laughs> incapable. They would go to the fridge 500 times in a day. And it's like, is that your 700th donut? And you're like, yes, it is. And you, because they couldn't handle it, they weren't used to working alone. Not, and you couldn't even go to coffee shops. No. You had to work in <laughs> yeah. your house. And now people are slowly, slowly returning, but they've realized that they like that life. Yeah. They can actually accomplish a lot more. Yeah. Sometimes they work far more hours because it's at home and it's easier to work hours and hours. Yeah. 
So sometimes maybe not healthy, but I feel like there's, there's this interesting dynamic now that people are having to deal with and then like communicating and collaborating, being solo, being in an office. How can we accomplish a lot of things? How can we work together? So conversations and collaborating is more important. Having that open line yeah. of communication. I mean, I'm, I'm actually really excited about what happens next, particularly in London, um, because you're going to have a lot less people commuting into London because who knows how the, how the office thing is going to work. But I think people in the ideal world will, would work three days in the office and then two at home. So you're going to have a lot of people who, I mean, they'll find a, a, a sort of balance, but you're going to have people who are much happier because they're not commuting. You're going to have people who hate London not be in London, which I'll be happy because they're miserable and I don't want them in my city. Um, and so, and then people are much, you know, because it's funny that you said that people freaked out about having to work from home because now people are sort of more used to it. I mean, I work with clients and we, you know, we share screened and we, we sort of, um, there's various bits of software you can, you can, I can design something, dump it on something and then they can drag and drop it. Um, because, you know, we've, we've always been, we've always been used to working at home, but I'm really excited about what's going to happen with uh, other industries because, you know, knock on wood, uh, uh, coronavirus disappears, but I think that there's going to be a lot more positive energy, in, particularly in, in cities like London, because they'll just people will be happier. Unless I'm being a little bit Pollyanna, but um, I, I just think people are going to be happier. I agree. Yeah, um, and I'm going to look. Um, you know, it's something to look forward to. Um, I'm not used to being this positive, by the way. I know. Um, I'm more of an <laughs> I'm more of an Eeyore kind of kind of person. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, I, I think I think it's really good. I, I mean, it was funny when the first lockdown happened because I'd have clients calling and going to exacting detail of how they'd have to figure out working at home, and I'd just piss myself laughing, just going like, <laughs> "I've been doing this for a decade." <laughs> yeah, they got themselves a little desk, a little chair, um, you know, the little timer, so they weren't they would get someone. One client had a like a like an egg timer, and then she had to put it on a desk, and she was she had to work for fifty minutes or something, and then when it pinged, she could get up. And then, you know, she'd do all sorts of things. She couldn't, she, she couldn't, say, she couldn't get any concentration. Well, we, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what comes out of this. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think collaboration, it'll be, when we come together, it'll be valued. God, yeah. Yeah. Like this. I mean, this is awesome. Corporate. This is my, it's, and when I say corporate, I just mean people who don't have a creative job. So it's a little bit hold on. They often use the word creativity and I, I'm often confused as to what they actually want. Because um, they just go, I want something creative, or this is a creative solution, so I'm going to do creative thinking. Or, and they, so they, they throw this word creative around. And I don't actually mean if, if they want to invent something new. And often it's really abstract, like we want to have a new, you know, process guide so you know, employees and startups can be happy or something. You know, there are things, where, there are things like, oh, you, you just do process um, um, and, you know, they really believe in it and they really, they're, they're sort of really passionate about it. And, you know, creativity, they're always talking about being creative in their approach. And everyone's creative and everyone's imaginative. But it's like, what do they actually want? Because do they, do they want something that's disruptive? Do they want something that no one's ever thought of before? Um, when it comes to graphic design, people always say that they want something creative. But and then they, you give them the three options and they go with the same thing. Well, they, they, they don't. They want to go with some, they want to go with something that's similar, you know, um, yeah, they don't, you know, they don't want something that's, and, and, and in a sense, that's the smart thing to do. You, you're aping someone else because then customers are going like, oh, that looks like Starbucks. I like coffee. And, you know, and it's, it's got a green logo. I'll drink it. Um, no, it doesn't. No, that one is special Justin Weiler coffee. Yeah, so this that, is sponsored that, by Justin Weiler. That's, that's this different. episode. Um, Boom! Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't actually know what. Like, I still haven't figured it out because I kind of want clients to uh, find a different way of talking. I kind of feel like they've stolen the language of creatives, and I want to steal it back. But did they really? Because they don't necessarily. I mean, they want to be creative, well, but they, they don't want any change. And a lot of things in the creative space, if they're going to evolve, they got to change. Well, it depends whether they want to be dis disruptive. It depends, you know, like, uh, have they thought three steps ahead? And are they, you know, like, what is that quote I said to, to you the other day? If an, if, a, if an idea doesn't scare you, it's not worth being an idea. It's sort of like, is that what you want? You, um, and so people coming new into the market, 
they have to think this way. So startups are thinking dangerous ideas. You know, how can we, how can we flip this on this head? Um, or like when FedEx does a redesign of their logo. They'll never redesign that they logo. They redesign their logo. What, recently? Yeah. No. Does it still have the arrow I might not it? be accurate in that. I feel like maybe I've seen things on Logo Bucket uh, where they're like, they, there's a redesign of it. You're like, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. What? <laughs> but, it, but it encompasses a house, not just the arrow. Right? Because more things are going to be delivered to the home. <clears throat> I just like Whatever. Not Whatever. like yeah. empty, but it's like, we are going to be daring. Yeah. We're going to put a door in the arrow. That could be cute, actually. I'll have to, I'll go, when we get off this, I'm going uh, uh, to have, have a look. I mean, th those are things, but those are things to do with like what people are used to. So um, the NHS logo is the most boring logo in the world, but it's like, you know it immediately. Yeah. Um, and Gap, when they changed their logo and people got mad because people were familiar with it. They're really comfortable with the Gap logo from the, from the 80s. Um, so these, you know, some of these brands, you, you, know, you, you don't want to change it. Um, yeah, but is that because you don't, I mean, at the end of the day now, it's about just making sure that your customers are happy. Yeah. So you don't want to piss off any of your customers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, but we're you're like in five years, nobody's going to care about the Gap logo. And then they're going to be like, why'd you change it again? We love the one you did five <laughs> years ago. So it's just like, come on. I don't, I don't know. People get all worked up about logos because logos really aren't that as important as we, as we think they are. Um, oh, yes. You know what we're going to talk about now? What? Talk to me about names. So we're going to start a business. Yeah. What do we need to do? Give me some advice. Well, so if you're going to start a business, you need to figure out where you're going to fit in the market. And it depends what you're doing. Because um, when, you, when you mentioned this, I've been thinking about this a lot, uh, especially on the way, on the way here. Because I was thinking, uh, if you're that glass guy, you know... How is, he going to, how is he going to set up his business to get customers? And that's the most important thing for him starting out. It's not about brand values or, or uh, you know, how is it going to look on a, his logo is going to look on a van. It's like, or the dot com. Or the dot com. It's like, how am I going to get customers? And if you're in that industry, chances are it's referrals. So how am I going to maximize referrals? And, if, and is that going to be suitable for me to build a company? Am I going to be hiring staff in the future? Am I just going to see, wing it and see how it goes? Because if you make the decision, I'm going to wing it and see how it goes, that's a solid decision. But it also means that you haven't thought of the next steps, which isn't the end of the world. It just means you don't know, what's, you, you don't know how you're going to react later. And so um, you, then you also can't make choices to get to the next yeah. step. Yeah. So and you shouldn't do it that way. But if you did do it that way... Uh, I certainly did do it that way. Um, you shouldn't, but um, it's a, it's a, it's, you have made a decision. Um, so when it comes to names, it depends if you're business to business or business to customer. And so I was reading a book by a guy, I think he's called Eli Altman, um, and he runs a naming company. And so he'll make examples like, we all buy like, uh, you know, we, we get Wi-Fi and then when you go to log on to your Wi-Fi, it'll have some incomprehensible long digits and numbers and, you know, it'll be, you know, Vodafone, blah, 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 blah. And that's what you join. And so he advised, I don't know if he advised this company, but I noticed it from um, having read the article. So I bought one of those Wi-Fi extenders and it was, it's called Orbi. And so, and, you know, it's, I think it's called a mesh. And so you dot them around your house and when you go to lot, and so the only time you ever interact with this product is when you look at it on your phone or your laptop to log into it. You know, you, they're, they're kind of like these funny little shaped eggs that are just scattered around the house. You ignore them. But when you go to log, log in, it's called Orbi. And Orbi sounds nice. And when you look at everyone else's list, when you see all your neighbors and all their Wi-Fi and every single Wi-Fi, they all have like these long, incomprehensible robot names. But Orbi sounds really nice. So every time I log in to Orbi, um, I like it. Name recognition that sticks around in your head. Yeah. And so um, would I buy another one of their products? Yeah, it works. But I've also noticed it. So that's where their name, because everyone else has a stupid name, or it's not stupid, it's just what a back-end person would design. Yeah. In that instance, the name's really been really helpful. Now, if you're the glass guy, um, if, he's gonna, if he really wants to, d to stand out, he would come up with something either funny or something distinctive but if he's just going to be like another glazer you just call yourself you know bob's glazing company because 
uh, that's what you are. That's what you are. And, you know, you don't really need to do much branding for uh, sort of tradesmen. They sort of, they work through referrals and body, you know, they're all, most uh, good builders are busy, so they don't really need to develop. Um, if they wanted to charge more or, and work with more exclusive clients, then they would have to do something different. So what I'm hearing, Charlie, is that when you're starting out in a small business and you want to get moving, it's better just to get moving. Yeah. The name doesn't necessarily matter. The details don't quite matter yet it, because you need to figure out what your product is and how you get customers. Yeah. So with some people it does because they need to feel passionate so about it. So I, uh, this, like one client of mine, you know, they did everything. They, you know, they, they have their core values. They have their tagline, their, their sort of... Uh, their brand statement, and then their name, and the name's really important, and they talk about these things a lot because they're very passionate about it, and they needed it as something to focus on because they're very process-driven people. So they needed that name. But that was, the, you know, they, they went ahead and, 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 did, and did that, and that worked for them. But if you, it really depends what you're going to do. So if you're in it, it well, yeah, because for nobody, like their name... Um, is a very you know it's it's it's, a, it's one word and it's very common so their name is like a terrible name in terms of if you ever did a google search on them so but it fits them i think the google search is kind of the thing that throws everybody off it's like look if you know what business offering you have how are you going to get your customers yeah. like i do not get customers who just like stumble upon my website it does not happen. No, you probably wouldn't want them either. <laughs> no, and that's why loads yeah. of my sites are locked. Yeah. So you can't actually get on them unless you are a customer or you are a client or I know who you are. And so that's, that's the fun bit. So you go, okay, I'm never going to be entered into Google. Nobody's ever going to try and find me. So what is my name? What does it matter? Granted, it took a long time to come up with the yeah. various names that we've created for companies. But you just go, I'm, I'm referral yeah. only. And at that stage, you just go, I'm a business card. And now I've even binned business cards, and now I have digital tapping the devices so I can tap phone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, with some of the... I find the, the naming conventions of like some of my corporate clients, I always find it amusing in that. So let's say that they've worked in a big, big company, and then they start out and they make their own consultancy. Most of them always like pick things like that has the word excellent or best or the, these sorts of names because they just go, I don't really want to think about it too much. And I just want people to know that whatever it is that we do, we're the best at. And I always laugh at it because I always think it's really ham-fisted. But it works for them and nobody actually cares about the name because particularly business to business, you, the, it's the reputation of the people who work there that does the selling, not, yeah. not the bricks and mortar. And nobody Googles a bad name. No. Yahoo's a bad name. <laughs> like it, it, Just throwing it out there. I mean, it, like what? I mean, what is a Google? It's what my child says when it's when talking about food or yeah. Google guy. You know, um, it, it was the product that made the name not the name that made the product. So my thought is, it doesn't matter. No, because Bing has a nice ring to it, but who the hell uses Bing? Yeah. I mean, occasionally my preferences are changed to Bing and I just get really upset. And I'll be like, what? No! I don't want this to be my search engine. <laughs> what advice would you give to people that are starting out in the creative space? That could be photographers, filmmakers, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Um, what advice would you give these guys? In terms of getting new clients or just, just what advice? What advice would you give these guys? I feel like this is an interesting time in the world, right? So yeah. basically the bottom fell out. Yeah. Some people pivoted. Some people didn't. Some people wanted to go back to the way that it was, but it never will. No. So what advice do you give to people? If someone is just starting out um, or someone has like lost a lot of clients, so like two different sort of things, but you basically have to just keep talking calling people calling um no one likes cold calling but there's there's networking events there is there's also these sort of things it's kind of like finding something and you're just sticking at it and just constantly i mean it, it's hard work but you just constantly have to remind people that you're there and you you're doing something that's that's sort of worthy um so i don't have like this is the the, the list the top 10 list of things you can do because there's tons of stuff out there on various websites but it's sticking at it and 
really, because you, you're going to have to keep talking to people. And everybody has a contact that you can tap. Um, so it's, it's a long, it can feel like a long road, but all it takes, I mean, all, all it takes for you to be successful is one client, one job. Um, and it's always and it's always to remember that. Oh, oh, no, 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 it's, it's what you said. It's always saying yes. You know, so especially like, especially if you need work, it'd be like, you know, you'd be like, yes, I'll do it. I'll design an entire sort of brand for free. Yes, I'll do it. The joy about saying yes is when you say yes, you find things that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. But if you say no to everything, you don't necessarily find the things that you really want to do because mm -hmm. you've said no to everything. Yeah. So if you say yes, yeah, I'll do that. I'll take that opportunity. I'll design that thing. I'll help out. Then you go, ooh, I did that. It took far too long. I do not want to do that again. Mm -hmm. So maybe the next time that one comes around, you maybe say no. Yes, there is, there is tactical no. But you wouldn't know that unless you had said yes. And I feel like the, not letting opportunities pass is saying yes mm. all the time. Yeah. And that's it, folks. Collaboration Station with Charlie Tapper. Nailed it. Yeah. Take every opportunity you can and say yes all the time until you can't.